0: Good morning, good morrow, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it may be when you are listening to this. Top it of is the morning to you. Top of the morning to you. Tart, 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 tar. tar, tar, tar. <laughs> whatever time it is, it's a good time because this is the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program. We're back! That's right. It's uh, me, once again, Greg Colby, coming to you from the city of Boston, and I am joined uh, as in the usual fashion by Matteo over in Minneapolis. Say hello to the nice people, Mario.
1: Hey, Greg, and hey, nice people out there! Uh, it's been a little while. We've we've had a little bit of a. It's been a couple weeks since our last episode. We've just. It's been. I, I, think, I think it's
0: been like three or four weeks. We went.
1: We just went on a really long bike ride.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's definitely what happened. <laughs> uh, they're going to want to hear about the bike ride. They're going to want to. Oh yes. <laughs> well, we packed our bags and we pedaled up to I don't know the magical lake. And uh, the silvery moon shone down upon the waters, and we were entranced. Yeah, and we danced with strange danced. creatures that came out of the. I don't okay, I don't know what's happening.
1: That sounded like it was going to be one of those really trippy children's stories,
0: uh, like, the like Where the Wild think... I was thinking. I had to like a Where the Wild Things Are kind of. That is a pretty trippy children's story. It is pretty trippy. It's, yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. So it you know the the we'll just say that that's what happened cuz uh that's what happened. reality is far more boring.
1: And we're, we're we're glad to be back.
0: Yeah, we are. We are, yeah. So y- you've been okay, you know? You've been yeah, all right?
1: Been been all right. It's been a little bit busy and uh you know, I'm going to be traveling uh coming up. So I think it's going to be a little bit, you know, interesting. Oh, oh no, is gonna interfere with how to...
0: our show again? Are you going to be traveling it's gonna... somewhere?
1: Well, it's it's really difficult. You know, oh, I got man, this new you know. job. And they're sending me to Northampton, Massachusetts oh, re- this oh, weekend. Oh,
0: really? Well, that's interesting because um, you said when are they sending you?
1: Uh, this this weekend, basically, end, end of this week, and then this weekend.
0: Oh, you know what, man? Um, I'm actually going to Northampton this weekend.
1: Get out of town! What?
0: I am what gonna you, get out of that, town.
1: You're gonna have to tell me if there's gonna be like any awesome bike stuff that could maybe be be done be done or had this week. is there anything to do in terms of bike stuff What's uh, going on yeah on um weekends? i
0: don't know have you ever heard of um gosh is this little, so there's this park in northampton look park and uh, look at what now look, look park and it's in you know little little part of northampton known as florence and uh every year about this time there's uh, a little cyclocross race there called uh, the cycle smart international Oh, that's great! That I just love UCI these races. small, little local races. No, I mean UC, you, know? you know, UCI, you know. <laughs> um, so, you're gonna have some fast people there. You're gonna have like your—I uh, uh, don't know—probably, presumably, your—you know, your like Dan Shabanoffs and your Jeremy Durans and your uh, Britley Bowmans and your uh, Ellen Nobles. You know, that kind of that kind of crew. I, you know, nothing, nothing major. But uh, Sounds... you're, you know, put uh, it's put on by um. Uh, you ever hear this, guy? Uh, Adam Meyerson. Yeah.
1: Did he? I think I saw something of from him uh, on the internet. Did he like send an email? Or, or, or like write a blog post maybe once or like. He has a Twitter. Does he have? A, he has his Twitter account. I think he's he has a Twitter, account.
0: A, he has a Twitter account, or he had a Twitter account. He, he had apparently, a Twitter I've account. I've heard, and this is difficult to confirm because he hasn't been sharing this on social media. But apparently, he had a child. Is um, that
1: where he's <laughs> been? Is that? <laughs> why he's been so absent from social media lately oh he hasn't yeah
0: <laughs> he's barely he hasn't participated on social media at all in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he's having this race and and you're gonna be there and and i'm gonna be there how about this is that great.
1: this is great we should make sure that we hang
0: out yeah yeah i think that i think that we'll be sure to uh we'll make that happen somehow we'll you know we'll get together we'll have a i don't know maybe some beers Uh, i i gotta be cautious i don't want (laughs) to i do have to race (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i
1: gotta i gotta keep it together too this is after all it is a a work trip for me and i i gotta like be on my game and not be like oh i can't wait to take a nap (laughs) um i think our listeners should know that for all of our uh bantery relationship with each other we've had We've had, like, what, three or four face-to-faces in the history of our friendship? Yeah,
0: very few FTFs.
1: We've, like, (laughs) managed, and this feels, I feel very modern, like, you're my friend from the internet, but, like, not just somebody that I know on the internet, like, we became friends. We, like, got to know each other pretty
0: well. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. There's a little, you know, couple, couple little emoji hearts side-by-side on the internet. Oh,
1: totally. And then that shrimp one. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, there might be... Uh, An eggplant y- yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say there's uh, a couple eggplants really. And uh... <laughs> Hey <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh some tangerines. Okay. Um
1: <laughs> So I'm I'm pumped. Uh yeah it, we're gonna we're gonna be in Northampton at the same time. We're gonna watch some bike races. You're gonna do some bike races. I'm gonna do some bike uh, racing. I yeah. if and we, we were talking about this a little earlier earlier. Um I'll have uh, a bike with me and you could
0: put some wheels with cross tires on it and you could have a. greg you ever raced with
1: a pit bike before i'm giving you an opportunity to race i,
0: I have never raced with a pit bike before so i'm Damn. pretty excited about it I, it almost makes me want to uh get a flat tire so we can do an awesome uh you know bike exchange in the pit there oh, so good uh, but well, I, I don't want to get. A flat god tire. willing
1: right <laughs> 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 my fingers are crossed for you <laughs> yeah
0: let's hope that doesn't happen i've 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 had enough flatting in in uh big races yeah for, for so the uh thing.
1: the the cyclocross race at look park was actually like my second cyclocross race ever six or seven years ago yeah, like, no six kidding. years ago yeah yeah how about that true story. true story i was living in northampton at the time i lived there for
0: well, the thing is, a what, happened year? what happened here, and, and this yeah. is, I think, the part that a lot of listeners might not know, is that, so you you pretty much moved out of North, uh, moved into Northampton like as soon as I moved out of, well, not Northampton, but the area.
1: Yeah, basically.
0: Yeah. Uh, we actually already um, had some internet, uh, uh, you know, connectivity with each other before that, but but we yeah. didn't actually discover this until quite some time <laughs> later. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, so I, I left, and you came in, uh, taking, you know... Taking the mantle as like short guy bike race bike racer in uh, Pioneer Valley, Western Massachusetts. Loud on the internet, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so and then the I was only there.
1: I was there for less than a year before I uh, before I moved mm. back to New York for a few months and then to Minneapolis.
0: Mm, yeah, so so that was it. Was your first race and how? Not sorry, not first. One one of your first though. One of your first races doing as uh, cycle cross races and how was that?
1: It was so much fun. We had like it, we had this huge apartment and so we had like eight or nine friends come into town and nice. stay with us and we I, you know, I had a good time at the bike race I think I finished like 20 something there maybe even in the teens you know cat four and there's like 120 starters yeah. and I was riding a you know a bike that was pretty new to me that I liked a lot and, yeah uh it was just a really good time you know look Park's beautiful uh it's a well-organized race I you know I I, I seem to remember um watching it must have been – my memory could be a little bit wrong because I didn't really know the names at the time. But, you know, watching Jeremy Powers and Jamie Driscoll just like power away from the field and mm-hmm. just ride so fast. And uh, and it was it was impressive. And then I saw – gosh, oh, no, uh-oh. I'm blanking on the name of the one of the women who really rocked it and maybe retired a few years ago. And I remember seeing her dive into the sandpit by – you know like go like sprinting into the sand pit with a huge turn of speed and then doing a, a bunny hop to keep the wheels out of the sand for a few extra feet and mm-hmm. then almost coasting through the sand pit and then just taking like two or three stabby pedal strokes at the end to get through it. and it was done so fast and so powerfully i was like damn this sport
0: yeah yeah it's, it's uh it's pretty impressive those yeah. could do that would have been one of so, the very
1: so I have some good formative memories from there is, is where we're where yeah we're going with this.
0: and that was the first cross race i ever i ever saw i, I wasn't i didn't have a cross bike at the time the, the year before i i went and i spectated one of the days probably the first day uh mm-hmm. yeah and it was it was pretty neat so yeah. great race <clears throat> excuse me i i subsequently raced it two years ago it it broke me um but yeah. i'm coming back and I'm I'm pretty excited because it's uh, actually a pretty good pretty good course for me. Lots of sprinty awesome. and turny bits and and yeah, good times. So we'll Excellent. we'll see we'll we'll update you you listeners on I guess what went down. Uh, you know we'll we'll see if we can get something together and, and maybe we'll have a few a few words while we're there. Um, just to kind of i don't know confirm that we were within the same zip code and <laughs> uh, yeah we'll yeah. watch watch this space but I'm looking forward to that it's going to be fun it'll be a good time all right so um, that aside i guess we should probably let that go uh, but what else is on the docket do we i guess more crosstalk perhaps
1: i'd love to talk cyclocross because it don't it it occurred to me very recently it this is like a fact that that kind of snuck up on me. You know, I'm sure that I I'm sure that a lot of other people noticed it a little bit earlier. I've only kind of had like half an eye on, uh, international cross this year. Mm. Um, though I think it's one of the like best and most awesome ways to like spectate and be a cycling fan. Oh yeah. Totally. Is to follow Euro cyclocross. Um, but you know, I was sitting around and I was watching Copenhagen cross, uh, this past weekend. And all of a sudden I went, Wait a minute. So Lars Vanderhaar won the Valkenberg World Cup race. <clears throat> Other than that, has anybody beaten Wout van Aert?
0: And and the answer, <clears throat> the answer for the three big series, so that being the UCI World Cup, the uh B Post Bank Trophy series, which is uh of of which the Valkenberg Cross is a part, and mm-hmm. the Super Prestige series. The answer is no.
1: And that's crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's really, he's kind of Sven Nessing it right now. Like, And, and by Sven Nessing it, I mean like Sven of like what, 2002, 2003? Whenever it is, you know, he was a, a young rider and, and came in and just obliterated everyone. Yeah. And won like every major series. I, I mean, that's, and, you
1: know, we're still
0: early in the season, but.
1: And and also to, to be fair to Sven, there was, I don't know if it was like three years ago, he had just a disgusting number of wins as well.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> You mean the year that he became world champion or the year after?
1: Uh it must have been the year the, the year that he became world champion uh and the year after and the year before. Oh
0: whew. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was a that was a pretty good streak. For, pretty good for, run for, for big Sven. <laughs> I mean really you can kind of just divide Sven into good run and um actually no wait. <laughs> <laughs> Sven's had a pretty good run of it. Yeah, he's had a pretty good run. So yeah. yes, and poised to uh currently to take his throne, I don't know, uh as the most dominant cyclocross rider is is Wout who has been crushing it.
1: And it's and it's funny because, you know, there Cyclocross kind of is is always wondering like, especially European Cyclocross, oh like when's the next, you know, really high level person gonna come up? You know, like, it was always sad when, like, Lars Boom left for the road, and then when Zanex Stibar left for the road, and then mm-hmm. Niels Albert retired, like, way prematurely, <clears throat> apparently, because, like, he had a wicked hot mama or something. Yeah. Um, as they say in But, like, as they say in A wicked hot imagine? mama. A wicked hot mama. Um, but I don't, I, I do not think that this is, like, a light era for high level cyclocross. No. Sven is still a terrific rider. Lars Vanderhaar is very much a capable race winner. Um Kevin Powells and Tom Muson have both won extremely their fair share of racing, though they've it's been a little bit light for them the past couple of years.
0: Well I would say Kevin Powell's had a really good year last year. Um but I think like two or three years ago he was really Well it was twenty eleven when he was really crushing. That's when he just like came out. That was his coming out way. party and he was a little quieter. But, but no, last mm-hmm. year was very... He won the World Cup last year. That's um, pretty good to win the World Cup, won, yeah. Won a couple of the races along the way. So, yeah. so no, I'd say that Kevin Powell has a, a recent history of, mm-hmm. of being one of the top riders.
1: Definitely. And, and Klaus Ventornut, or Ventornut, not entirely sure how to pronounce his name where the emphasis falls, but he he's... So he's not great this year, but you know, like I feel like the past two years he's steadily gotten better and gotten a little bit more able to like Throw down and threaten for the win, rather than just be one of those like chipping around the top five guys. Sure. Yeah. Well, and, and then we've got just like like young mm-hmm. guys coming up. In sp- I mean, you know, obviously Matthew Vanderpol who's the world champion, unfortunately mm-hmm. sitting out the beginning of the season with an injury. Uh, Wout is just incredible, and then like uh, Michael V. Uh, Michael Vantrout. Michael Michael Vantrout is like getting there. You know, he's really really getting there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. It is. Cyclocross has always been, too, it's, it is um, a sport where, I don't know if it's always been this way. I have not been watching cyclocross for that long, international cyclocross, but, you know, it is, it's tricky to, I don't know, put your finger on who's going to be, yeah, the next big, big hope. Be, partly because it's like, you do have a very small number of riders who really make it to the top, you know, even relative to something like road racing, you know, you you kind of have this group of four to five riders who consistently win against each other, mm-hmm. and then you have a bunch of people in that kind of rotating in and out of the top five and and top ten. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It, it, so so then when, when all of a sudden you have someone, even someone who's consistent enough to land on the podium frequently, you know,
1: is great because like the yeah the podium probably has like the you know more rotation than the winners, but
0: right so to see it, it is a small scene it's a very small scene so yeah so to see one guy on top you know for almost every major race so far this this year is is pretty remarkable yeah like six
1: wins or something in the in the three big series uh, six like that.
0: it's six. six six out of seven available to, to this date
1: that's ridiculous that's just ridiculous
0: yeah and that's without, I mean, you know, it should be noted, as you mentioned, Matthew Vanderpoel, the reigning world champion, is currently out with an injury. It's it's hard to know what effect his presence would have, um, but he is the reigning world champion. And they were, those two were kind of the predominant rivalry in the second half of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say last year, but last season. Yeah, I don't know. Can anyone, can anyone stop Wout? Can anyone stop wild Van art? You know, it should be said this <coughs> is in such such um, huge contrast to what's going on in the women's racing right now, mm. where there is no yes. It right is right now with Mariana Voss, not from what we understand, not going to race this season. Uh, so like she's still recovering from um, injuries. Uh, that She sustained from uh, I, I guess over training and, and trying to continue riding through injuries that she just accumulated over time um, So she's out this season and there's been no real you would if you'd asked me in February Who's gonna be the top? Uh, woman in European cyclocross next season. I would have said Sonic Kant. instead, we've had this rotating cast of winners yeah, it with some some interesting names showing up in the top. So that's pretty cool, and I had, I would have to look it up. Um, Pavla Havlakova won. Yeah, she's been having a fantastic season.
1: Um, Rontz and has been has been a has had a couple more podiums. Um, the woman who won Copenhagen Cross this past weekend, Julian Verschuren. I I did not know of her. Yeah. And Sanicant has been, been you know messing around and getting some, getting some results. But like, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just yeah, kind of like a, just a different a different set and not a different set of names because that, that makes me sound ignorant. It makes me sound like I didn't I wasn't aware of some of the riders, but not the same winning riders as in previous years.
0: No, no. So it's that's been, how it, has been an interesting yeah. shakeup, and, and it seems like. It's 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 hard to know exactly what is going on yet. Like are you know some of these riders just coming in faster? Are they just? And I don't know enough. Unfortunately, I I have to confess I have more ignorance about the women's cyclocross scene, uh, bad bad man Greg, um, than I do about the men's. And so I, I, I'm not entirely confident. On I can't say oh well we've got these up and comers because that's not necessarily true, but you know, we're seeing a lot of the familiar names kind of churning around in the top five and top 10 and, and these, um, you know, names that are less familiar at the top, like for sure. And, and, you know, we've seen, uh, as, as, uh, mentioned, um, oh man, I space, we
1: <laughs> were you talking about Ava uh, Pava, Pava Havlikova, right. Sorry. Mm-hmm.
0: Coming to the, you know, winning at, uh, Ransa, um, you know, is Sonicont, um sick? Is she coming in slower? Because she wants to still have, um, you know, she wants to target the world championships. Probably a little bit of both. It's It's been pretty interesting, actually, and it makes it a shame that it's that much harder for me to watch the women's cycling, simply because I'm lazy in, in getting up early enough for it.
1: it I mean, it does require like... often getting up very early. Oh, it was Ava Lechner who won Valkenberg. <sighs> That's right. Pianko right. got second, That's, that's which is amazing. amazing.
0: Yeah, that was that was phenomenal. That was super mm-hmm. exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the American women in general had a fantastic ride at um, at Valkenburg. I, uh Boy, Crystal Anthony did pretty well, didn't she? She got twelfth. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, and yeah, so so in at Falkenberg, also Pavla Havlakova got uh, third in front of Sana Kant, and then you know back back there in the like sort of latter half of the top ten where some of the more familiar names were like Nikki Harris, Ellen Van Loy, Helen Wyman, Sana van Passen Well though N- Harris is, is,
0: is looking pretty good this season. She's Yes she is she she had a rough season last year. Um, but she had I believe she won the World Cup the year before or at least was was uh, high up there. Um, but I think she won the World Cup in you know two thousand thirteen to fourteen so uh, it's good to see her back. And uh, yeah. you know, on the podium at Koffenberg Cross, she was in third place. And would mm-hmm. have been on the podium in, in Valkenberg if she hadn't uh, had a bit of a, a dumb little crash. Oops. An oops. Oops. I mean, that's, you know, that's what happens. Yeah. That's cycle, cycle Cross. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, yeah. So, it's very different kind of what's going on in the men's and in the women's racing. And you really can right now. It is kind of funny how most of the time... You know, if you watch the women's race, you know, you you, you really can't predict very easily what's going to happen, which is pretty mm-hmm. exciting. You know, you, you can't just <coughs> say like, well, uh, like it is with the men, you know, well, if I watch this, there's a pretty good chance that Wout Van Aert is going to win it.
1: Right. It's a, it's a lot harder to pick two or three riders and and be so reasonably confident that one of them is going to win.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's, that's pretty cool um and yeah i guess the question is what's happening is since we were talking about wow van art like what i don't know do you have any thoughts on what's going on there like how is he so so dominant
1: i think sometimes young people can make uh leaps and bounds it's not like he came from nowhere you know he's been coming up for a couple years um and i think he's just on fire i think he uh I think he was super pissed that he had a bad world championships last year. Oh,
0: man, he was so mad.
1: He was sad wild on the podium. It was really something. It was almost as good as sad cloths from yeah. Louisville. But <clears throat> I just think that he, he came in with a belly full of fire.
0: His stomach full of anger.
1: <laughs> and he wants to attack.
0: Yeah. And he's doing it, you know, and it's it's... I haven't seen Komenberg cross, so I don't I don't know how his his win proceeded. Um, some of the, some of them, he's not necessarily just totally riding away with every race. Um, though he did kind of ride away with <laughs> he did run away uh, with um, the first World Cup round in Las Vegas, and and I, I understand we couldn't watch Zonovan because of stupid media rights issues. <sighs> um, I really would have liked
1: to watch Zonovan. I know
0: Zonovan is crazy. Zonovan is the one with the insane sand descents. In just like a giant sand pit um, for those who don't know yeah uh, yeah. and apparently he did kind of ride away with that one um, but you know Lars got him pretty good at Valkenberg had yes. a pretty dominant win there so that at least is encouraging It also it's just also interesting in, in terms of how uh, you know people often talk about Lars as being you know having the engine but, but not the skill necessarily compared to some of the guys and i I don't know i I think that um he's got the there's things the things that he's good at you know and then there's the things that he's not so good at
1: i think uh, he occasionally exhibits some some really excellent shredding i don't know why yes people do kind of say that he doesn't have quite the same kind of uh i don't know it's because he's not graceful he's not as graceful on the bike and it's no. because his remounts are this like Ugh. funny, like cat four legs swinging all the way back behind the saddle kind of remount. His
0: his form, it must be said, is really ugly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and he apparently learned from, uh, shoot, I'm I'm forgetting his name, but he learned from another you know Dutch star of of a previous era who was also known for not having particularly attractive or or good (laughs) form so you know it's it's, it appears to be some kind of dutch tradition
1: (laughs) he makes it work okay for him fortunately he
0: he, he makes it work okay for him but uh, yeah don't do what Lars does people but yeah i mean it's it's well it's one of those things where i just think that he's not as rounded maybe about Mm -hmm. it and he he doesn't know why he's good at what he's good at, and and why he's not good at what he's not good at. So he, <laughs> it, well, you know, you know what I mean. Like where he doesn't have the connection of like, okay, here's the thing I need to, to develop, versus, you know, the thing that I can keep refining that's already really good. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's he's seems to be he's really good at ripping those descents. Mm-hmm. Um, his his line choice is sometimes a little more questionable you know <laughs> uh, yeah. around around turns he, he he really like it's been noted that he seems to in the spend his videos he really seems to like those inside lines you mm-hmm. know this is all Even relative everyone else is going outside yeah yeah exactly this is this is all relative right like <laughs> Lars Vanderhart is a much much better bike rider than me uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just be clear about that i don't really have anything to teach him <laughs> so yeah Anyway, I don't know. So, so I, I think that there are people who can beat Wout, and yeah, he's clearly. It's just kind of crazy how he's managed to seemingly just keep improving over what was already like a major breakout year. Yeah. Um, last year and right now he just doesn't. I mean, you know, let's be honest. The uh, the person everyone wants to see uh, battling him is um, Matthew Vanderpoel maddie vdp <laughs> yeah right maddie vdp and and he's out and, and we just don't know what he's you know what kind of form he's going to come into the season with when he does start racing again
1: um what was his injury Do he
0: injured his knee in he was actually at the tour de l'Avenir on the road oh i remember watching that crash yeah, and it was a bit of a thing where, you know, you know, he thought it was fine, and then it swelled up, and they cleaned it out, and they were like, oh, it's fine, and then it was not fine. Um, and then all of a sudden, he was having knee surgery, um, which was a little surprising. Um, so, anyway, hopefully that's okay. And, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So, we'll see what happens So Yeah.
1: So, you know, we were talking about um, Women's Cross mm-hmm. and – copenberg cross since it happened recently yes i just feel the need to like jump in here grab the reins and point out that uh 2020 cycling which is a bike shop in maryland yep um they sponsored uh prizeless for equal payout between men and women at copenberg cross yeah i think that's
0: amazing yeah it is amazing this is their second year doing that um And it's really cool. And, you know, this is in conjunction with a contest, at least this year, uh, for for a raffle, I think. And, you know, got to send a lucky fan over to, I actually don't remember which race, (laughs) but to actually go and spectate one of these races. Yeah, I think that's really, really cool. Uh, I don't know what else there is to say about it, but um, it it also is kind of, (laughs) it's a little bit damning, uh, I think, for European cross (laughs) that, uh, you know, a sponsor from the United States is stepping in
1: <laughs> It is
0: to do this.
1: It certainly casts an aspersion or two.
0: Yeah. So that might not be, you know, I mean, that's not so great. But yeah. So Kopenberg the other thing Cross, is, is there apparently anyone... They, they supported
1: Britley Bowman, who races for the Richard Sachs team, right. to go there and race the Kopenberg Cross, which... You know, I just kind of started racing bikes around the same time as Britley in New York City. Mm-hmm. And to see someone who, like, you knew from back in the, like, racing bikes before spandex days. Uh, oh, was she wannabes. doing your alley
0: cats and whatever?
1: Yeah, yeah, basically. Oh, boy. And, you know, and then to, to be watching them on the same live stream that, you know, you watch
0: any weekend and see the people at the top of the sport. I didn't realize that was such a staple of the Richard Sachs team that no, what was uh the the racing bikes you know in the alley cats and, and whatever because that's <laughs> i mean that's how dan I don't shavanoff if... got started
1: it it is i don't i don't know if that's you know what what richard looks for but maybe there's a certain overlap between that and having the right attitude about bike racing
0: yeah i i think it's i think it's the overlap with the attitude that, that mm-hmm. he likes yeah so that's anyway dude yes it is it is cool
1: so yeah you know, watching people that you know on on the live stream. Do you, that's Do you know how she did? That's great. She got twenty first out of forty four. You know what? That's say that's not bad. <laughs> it is damn fine. Good job, Brayley. Way to go.
0: <sighs> Alright. Um do you have anything do we have anything else on our agenda?
1: You know, I wanna uh, just take it off the Navi tires for a little bit and point out that the first track world cup of the season happened this past weekend also.
0: Oh, cool. All right. Cali, Colombia.
1: Cali, Colombia. The, the reason why I want to mention it, you know, in addition to the fact that there was a whole bunch of cool racing that I wasn't really all that tuned into because my parents were visiting and that was neat. Yay. Um, what I, what I did tune into a little bit was the end of the men's Omnium. And so for, for listeners who don't know, the Omnium is a six event bunch of track races. Uh, and it's held over two days. So you're racing three races a day, and it starts with a scratch race, and then there's an individual pursuit, and then there's an elimination race, which is where every two laps, the last rider in the pack is pulled from the race. So it's basically like a a, a street fight that continues until it's only <laughs> down to two people. Sure. Um, and then there is a... Uh, uh, another time trial, uh, one kilometer for the men, 500 meters for women, which that's basically a sprint event. Followed by a flying lap time trial. And then that ends with, uh, and then the, the whole event ends with a points race. So there's three mass start races and three time trials. And it's just this uh, pretty difficult mixture of endurance and sprint events. The cool thing about it is that like two years ago, the UCI changed the format. So that the points race is the final event, and oh, so everyone feels, is
0: everyone is blown from so everything else.
1: Not only is everyone blown, but the points race. Uh, in a points race, there are a, there's a sprint every two and a half kilometers to earn five, three, two, and one points for the first four riders who cross the line. You get twenty points if you lap the field, and the winner at the end of the race is the person with the most number the, the highest number of points. Um. In the omnium, the winner of the points race doesn't matter. The points that you earn are omnium points. So in the preceding five events, by placing well, you've been earning points. And then if you go into the points race, you know, in second place, eight points down on the person in first place, you've got to end the race with nine points more than them in order to win the omnium. So, So, like... It the like overall pretty... standings really dynamically change yeah. in the final race. It seems pretty and easy
0: to understand what the stakes are and what everyone has to do.
1: Yes. Yes. And and there are just a lot of changes that happen. And as I tuned in, like, on Twitter uh, last night, two nights ago, um, like, the men's race was going into the final three sprints of the race. And the top four riders were, like, five points apart. Oh. So like this six-event race came down to the last couple of sprints. Um, And so this format change to have the points race be last and have people earning Omnium points in the points race was just a, a terrific tweak that made for some really amazing racing. I don't think I've ever been disappointed following or watching an international Omnium that ends in a points
0: race. So thumbs up, you're saying. Totally thumbs up. So so I I have to ask about this. So this change in the format of the points race coincided with uh, a change in the Olympic program.
1: Uh no, the change in the Olympic program happened several years earlier. Oh okay. Basically the omnium is the only uh endurance Olympic event on the track. Oh, you know, you know
0: what? I I <laughs> i forgot that london 2012 was three plus years ago Um <laughs> uh, right okay so it was a few years before then right yeah so the the pursuits are gone the other races are gone it's just the omnium
1: yeah pursuits are gone um i mean there's a pursuit in the omnium but the pursuit is not a standalone event right uh gosh is the madison gone i i I forget. It's kind of upsetting. The full account I believe upsetting. the
0: Olympic Madison might still be around. Olympic.
1: That's. Uh.
0: I think it might be gone. I oh, forget. Well, anyway, I just uh, you were saying this, and I was yeah. thinking, boy, there was some controversy about the omnium because yeah. the at least initially, I think it was it the kilo pursuit that was, or was it the four kilometer pursuit that was replaced with the omnium. Uh, was yeah, the it was the four k? Yeah, I think the one. Mm-hmm. I think the kilo hasn't been on the Olympic program for a while.
1: Right, the kilo is still is still in there. Oh, it's still in
0: there. Uh, oh, you know. I think that hasn't. Well, oh, anyway, the point is the the four kilometer pursuit, individual pursuit, was replaced with the omnium, essentially, mm-hmm. on on the program, and that caused quite a lot of consternation. So I I was wondering if if your like of you know if your appreciation of the omnium carried over to being Cool with it <laughs> replacing the individual pursuit in the Olympic program.
1: You know, I, I think I would rather see I would rather see more events, not fewer, hmm. in the Olympic program. And so that means you know these mass start races as standalone events, plus the omnium, plus the time trials. But some of that might be a little bit impractical. And and I also am sympathetic with the fact that the change in the Olympic program came out of a desire to. Equalize metal opportunities between men and women.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Which, yeah, that's something that gets... I don't know if I'm going to say it's glossed over, but um, it's its an important piece of context. Mm-hmm. It's twice, and, and it should be clear, too, that you can't... Basically, any individual sport governing body has somewhat degree of control over uh, which events they... They do, but they have a certain number of slots in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, cycling has, you know, X number of spaces. And I don't remember exactly how many it is, but it has a certain number of spaces in the Olympic program. Like you could have this many events and it was unbalanced. And, and that's, that's irrespective um, of whether they're men's or women's events, apparently. It's not mandated that they be you know this many for men and this many for women right um, as you can see with this whole ski jumping controversy but that's another thing
1: that's that's another podcast
0: <laughs> yeah did that did that uh, finally get included in the most recent Winter Olympics women's ski jumping or anyway it's coming um, if it isn't already a thing <clears throat> uh, yeah so anyway so omnium is good <laughs> that's the take-home the, message
1: the The omnium is good now yeah yeah but it, it used it to because yeah, it, it, it used to be kind of boring like the last event would be the kilo and who wants like final oh, there's yeah. no way there's no way to make good television out of like a bunch of time trials going one off and then at the end of it like you see the results and then someone like puts a spreadsheet together and then you see the overall result. Like that's not exciting. No.
0: Right, yeah. That makes sense. No,
1: instead of having these Omniums come down to like these hard fought points races.
0: It, it uh, should certainly come down to a mass start race. Yeah. You know, that just yeah. I think I think those formats are just much more exciting. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, there's no getting around that. I mean, in theory the pursuit um uh, Dating back to its its earliest days, might have been more exciting at one time um, when there was actually some chance that one of the riders would overtake the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but that just doesn't happen in the modern pursuit.
1: It no, it it does. It's just like well, the the way the tournament right. is is formatted. Um, you know, you you know when someone's going to be winning. Sure. Because they're already win- You know, if they make a catch, they've been winning for a while. Right.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it's it's maybe... it's I, I suppose it's probably more exciting to watch a time trial on the track than it is, you know, on the road. But mm, not necessarily by a lot.
1: <laughs> they're, they're both, like, watching paint dry. But on the track, you're, you know, it's a contest to see which paint is drying the fastest.
0: Which paint is drying the fastest. That's right. I mean, at least you get, you know, you kind of get the... Uh, the amplification of all the cheering or whatever in a compact space mm-hmm. so you're around a bunch of other well you know except that you're watching on tv maybe but you're, you're at least surrounded in theory by many other people feeling a great deal of excitement or something yeah <laughs> or something i don't know but manny i feel like i feel like it's it's uh you're like our track cycling evangelist
1: all right so i really ought to know some of the specifics <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well i should hope so but yes, I will continue to be our ambassador.
0: All right, cool. Well, I'll have to, I'll have to come out to uh, Minnesota next summer or something, and then do some laps at the NSC. We're gonna have a good time. Yeah, you should. We'll see. We'll see. I'll, yeah. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, I think that probably about makes for a show. For that, one, that about does. Yeah, yeah. So, um, thanks for thanks for doing a show with me Matteo <laughs> thanks for doing a show with me Greg uh, you can you can get in touch with us oh oh our valued listeners um, you can email us at honestplay program at gmail.com uh, we have a Twitter account for the show at underscore WHBP and you can reach me on Twitter I'm at Groby
1: and you can also reach me on Twitter I'm at underscore matteo
0: yeah. Yeah, so, you know, get in touch. Tell us how dumb we are. Tell us how smart we are. Um, you know, we're, we're perfectly happy to hear either of those, though. You know, we'd actually prefer if you were a little more constructive than just calling us dumb. That would make us sad. No one's done that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and um, keep the rubber side down, y'all. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Uh, take
1: care, folks. Thanks for, thanks for joining.
0: Good night.